You have clicked it, you have chosen it, and you have chosen wisely. This is Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. At least we'd like to think so. You said chosen wisely. Wisely. Are you, who are you trying to be? Well, you know, in uh, Indiana Jones, chosen poorly. But he was a nice knight. He was a very like, nice knight. You're saying knight. it almost like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Huh? A little bit. You're, you, Which I, I know something about lately. Visited Star Wars land or whatever. They, Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you know anything about the morning show, you know I can't cook. Yep. And I like Star Wars. Pretty and much in a nutshell. You're a nerd. <laughs> so we go to Galaxy's Edge, but one of the fun things we get to do before is a photo op with Darth Vader. That's so cool. And he talks to you and all that stuff. Oh, and yeah. the guy who's in the suit sounds just like James Earl Jones talking to us. Uh-huh. And he's super tall. So he's like, you know, there's nine feet of the galaxy's worst villain yeah. right in front of us. And we're taking a picture. And I look him in the eye, or I try to. It's more like the clavicle. And I said, there's still good in you. I know it. Oh, my goodness. You were that into it. I nerded out. <laughs> and... He was looking at me and challenging me and even threatening me before we took photos. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, as we were leaving, my 13-year-old son turns to the galaxy's worst villain and says, by the way, if you threaten my mother again, I'll strangle your little neck. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But to that point, I then apologized to the galaxy's worst (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. So he was a little confused. It was very real feeling for the moment. Yeah, no, that's it. Really, it hit him hard. It um, did. This is a podcast uh, where we share what we're going through in our quiet time, and uh, there's even a reading plan, by the way, at HopeOnDemand.com. Maybe that's where you found us. And if you, this is the first thing you clicked, we promise there's better stuff there. You might go back and start over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of kidding. Uh, incredible artists with videos and art and articles and and all that yeah. so uh yeah but hope on demand.com you can even join in the reading plan right now what i really do like about this podcast though is that carter and i does try to design it around being real yeah and allowing you to see all of our flaws it's exactly right and uh, because you were going to see him anyway so well, might as well just acknowledge him uh, we were definitely open and honest and that's why i share to you that i have never missed church um <laughs> i volunteer for every committee <laughs> That the church has. Stop it. Okay. Oh, his nose is growing and it hit me in the face just now. Sorry about that. Um, so what are you going over in your spiritual life right now? What are you doing devotionally? Uh, Matthew is where I've been. And there's a song that we play called Red Letters. It's the red letters of Jesus. The words that Jesus said from his mouth when he was here on earth. The song from Crowder is so good. Yeah, it's a really good song. And this is one that I have just struggled with. I think we all do. And we just don't know I get obsessed with things where I want to know where the line is. Mm-hmm. And it's these things that none of us can really answer besides Jesus. Yeah. And even he doesn't answer it necessarily in the words that he said. Okay. It's a spectrum, if you will. So this he's talking to the Pharisees, you know, the guys that knew it all, were perfect in their own eyes and stuff. And he says in Matthew 23, remember this. If you have a lofty opinion of yourself Mm. and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. Mm. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. Yeah. And there is a line somewhere of confidence and pride. Mm. And I don't know if anybody has completely answered where can you be confident 
but make sure that you are not bragging about yourself or take yourself too seriously. One definition I think we've talked about before is uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less, Mm -hmm. like less often. Mm -hmm. And so I really, that's, that's kind of the path that I go towards, but I still think it's really hard. I mean, how would you define the difference between confidence and pride? Oh, you can't do it on paper. It is a spirit thing like you were talking about. Yeah. And Jesus helps you know in your spirit, it's a still small voice when you've crossed a line. Mm. You know. And others may even come along and say, no, you were justified in what you did. You were absolutely right. justify you. It's really okay. Because maybe they would have been all right with it. And they could very well be honest. Yes, I would be completely fine with what you said if I was the one saying it. Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. However... Jesus isn't talking to them, maybe, in their heart. He's talking to you. It's an individual basis. That's and true. so I, I think it's easy enough to write it down on paper. But it's almost like, okay, in a, in a really strange sense, you remember the quote, I know what it looks like when I see it. Yeah. In that's reference when, to... A full, a full disclosure, by the way. I don't know if you have this on with kids around. But yeah, full disclosure. This is when I believe the Supreme Court mm-hmm. was trying to define what pornography is. Yeah. You know, because you go to museums and there's uh, paintings of the floating naked ladies, you know, from Greek mythology and stuff like sure. that. But it's art. And so that's what I can't remember who said that. But what a great quote. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And I think it's the same when it comes to these kinds of, there are absolutes, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There are right. absolutes in scripture that you know that you have crossed a line. As a, as a people, we are not to murder. As a people, yeah. we are not to, you know. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. However, when it comes to things that people cannot see on the outside of your body, when you have thought something that has crossed a line, uh, in terms of maybe you're having impure thoughts. Mm-hmm. That also can be inclusive of when you go to a pride place about something. You may be saying all the right things, but in your heart, the Holy Spirit, who sees through to that, is, I mean, he is grieved. Yeah. I, in fact, um, reading a devotional, uh, it's, it's so good. It's sparkling gems, and it's basically helping translate the Greek words and what the meaning of those words that were written by many of the New Testament writers, what it really meant. And it talks about not to grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? And the word grieving, the way that it's used, it's really talking about it in relationship to the Holy Spirit. He is so involved and so in love with us. You think about those deep relationships that you have in life that are deep set and wonderful and you are connected with that person. Now imagine betraying that person in some way. Mm. The Holy Spirit sees directly into my heart, into my mind, into my thoughts, because I've invited him in. I've said yes to Jesus. So he and I, we're in this thing together. And he is grieved in those moments when he knows you were built for more than this, Rochelle, and you have access to what I know, and you haven't tapped into it in this moment. So you're not using you. You're not using me to my full potential for you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it's when you recognize that you've grieved the Holy Spirit and only you can tell. And you don't go to human counsel for that. You get on your knees for that. And you say, God, Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me if I am doing this in humility or if there is some part of me right now that is. Needing to get shut down. I don't think we acknowledge it enough as well because we we want to be confident. That's great in any capacity, I, I believe. But when sometimes we might be coming off to everybody else, sometimes we'll rub a couple people the wrong way, right? But if it's everybody that's saying, 
you are coming off so prideful. Mm. Sometimes we, I don't even think we realize it. And then we have, like you said, yeah. so we pray about it and go, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I thinking? I think that's really good. When you have good friends that can come alongside you, like I do. Um, it was a couple of days ago, Carter and I had a really candid conversation about just uh, attitude problems. And I hadn't been aware of my attitude changing and I was starting to vent. Now, I want to say this because my mom and my dad and I had this incredible conversation about what venting is. And yeah. their definition for venting was not a sinful thing. Their definition was something else. It was talking about lamenting and grieving. Okay. And I thought, what, okay. What would be the healthy, uh, how do they vent? They vent to each other? Or like, I, how does that? Like, they would look at it as like a, a very... Mm, therapeutic type of a thing where it's like they they take it to the Lord in prayer, but they need to grieve. They need to. Yeah. And I completely understand the grieving process in, in terms of like, <laughs> let me reword that. I don't completely understand the grieving process. I'm not a psychoanalyst or anything like that. I'm saying I understand the need to grieve, though, is super important in terms of the, the, the beginning of healing mm -hmm. starts when you acknowledge a wound in yeah. the first place. And that's true if you get a cut on your leg. It's not going to get better unless you attend to it. Hey, Rochelle, you got a cut on your leg. Ah, no, no, I don't see anything. It's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> so, I got to acknowledge Good it. Reference. And then I then I'm able to start, you know, into this road of healing and grieving is a part of that. So I think that's really important. And that's when I said the word venting and I was talking about it in a way that there is nothing biblically uh, uh, supportive of venting. They were like, whoa, wait a second. There's a whole book called Lamentations. Let's talk about grief. Yeah. You know? So there's, there's a difference in grieving and, well, I guess complaining, I, I guess is what it would be. And I think the venting thing and what you shared the other day, which it was like, oh, okay, now I understand what you're saying. When you are going off on something and there really is no point to it. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. I can't resolve what you're talking about here. And you're not seeking some sort of healing. You just want to go off about it. We had, you know, a person, I don't even want to say man or woman, we had a person that for a while, and we really do enjoy getting to pray with people mm -hmm. uh, during the morning show. We do a morning show in Houston uh, on 89.3 KSBJ. During the show, Rochelle and I don't get to spend much time because we're on, on the air every seven minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. So we don't get to spend much time in prayer. But if we do get an extra few minutes, or even if it's a minute or two, we really enjoy getting to pray, and then especially if they call back a couple days later and go, thank you, or, hey, by the way, God answered the prayer. Like, that's so cool to hear. Or please keep me in prayer. That was in prayer. Too. Yeah, that's great. But there was a person that would call, this was for a good year, year and a half, I mm -hmm. think, over and over every week or so, hey, my spouse is the worst. And also, you know, her, his mom, they, they're they terrible in our relationship. And also, and it was just like, the first time we were like, oh, okay, we'll pray for that. And then the next week it was just complaining. And then the next week it was complaining. It would be like going to a hospital and saying, I have a broken leg. And the doctors are right there wanting to help you set it mm -hmm. and start the casting process and all this stuff and refusing the help. I think that's what, kind of what I equate this type of thing to. There's a difference between needing to have a few minutes and all right, now let me rally my emotions and let's pray together, please. Mm -hmm. And what this particular person was doing, it wasn't healthy. We saw it going nowhere. And even uh, they had been calling other DJs. Well, and when you said rejecting the help, 
you know, yeah. and I, I, this is what I believe you were meaning anyway. I, I think she was re- rejecting the help from God, mm-hmm. you know, not, not yeah, us. Right. I, I think there was no healing going on when, when God was willing to, let's get through this together. Yeah. So it was interesting, uh, you know, I spoke about my devotional book that I'm reading right now in talking about when it, 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 there's a scripture that talks about um, pushing away, laying down these wrong attitudes, Mm -hmm. these filthy attitudes, these things that don't profit us anything. And the translation, they said, we want you to picture this. If you've ever smelled someone who doesn't know anything about hygiene, and I'm not talking about your teenage son who maybe you've thought that a couple of times. Do they know anything? Do they listen to me? I've been to church camp with middle schoolers. <laughs> I've been through the fire. I'm talking about that person who is so desperately in need of love, who needs to be shown, this is how to shower. May I launder your clothes? You know, that person who has been homeless for so long that if they've forgotten what a hot bath would feel like, you know, that horrid smell. That is what it's being likened to, that filthy attitude, that smell that we are to lay down and not just lay down, but the in scripture translation would be to push as far away so as not to pick it back up ever again. Mm. Those kinds of attitudes are filthy, stinky attitudes. And now imagine that filthy person you've brought into your home, you've showered them, you've helped them, but they still pick up the dirty clothes. You are picking up these attitudes after Jesus has cleansed you and made you whole. You have yeah. accepted him, but you're picking up your old ways. And as I was reading this devotional, I thought, well, Lord, I've been in a blessed situation most of my life. I never got those attitudes outside of a relationship in knowing you. I've always known you most of my life. I, I, I said yes to Jesus at the age of four. Wow. So I was really little. Now, I've many times gone back up to the altar and given my life again. Uh, yeah. Well, not that it's a competition, but I said yes when I was, I believe, seven months. You were a fetus. So, yes. Is what yes. You I were, did, yes. You were inside, I in was utero. negative seven months. I was before <laughs> the zero hit. Yeah. So I, uh, I was like, Lord, what does this mean? Because it, it specifically in the devotional was addressing those who before Jesus had these attitudes. And now that we know Jesus, we need to push them as far away. And I thought, but I... Do I have these attitudes now? Yes. Yes, I can have those attitudes. And so in this conversation I was mentioning just a couple minutes ago that Carter and I were, he was lovingly, Carter was lovingly coming alongside me saying, I'm noticing that you are venting to me in this regard. And I wanted to bring it to your attention. And I thought, man, first of all, that's really according to the Bible. It tells us to come alongside our fellow believers and to love them well enough to let them know this is a sin. This is not taking you any place great. This is wrong. Now, you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You can't just go, you know, willy-nilly into people's lives saying, dude, you are so messed up. Hey, by the way, you're the worst. But you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you recognize a moment that he maybe sets up for you to say, hey, you're special to me. You mean so much to Jesus. And I'm, I've seen this in you. And maybe you can even empathize on some level because you've done it yourself. Mm-hmm. And say, mm-hmm. I have, I've done this and, and someone else came alongside me and helped me. I don't want you to feel like this anymore. And here's what you can do. You know, the scripture is so clear about many things. And I, you are only to grow. You can only get better and better and better, right? 
Um, you never arrive on this planet, on this yeah. side of heaven. And in, if you start to get stagnant in that spiritual life, you start to get bored, maybe I need to take a look in the mirror and go, ooh, have I allowed myself to grow stale in some way? Because I, I needed, that, that was a grow, growing opportunity there a couple of days ago to recognize a, a stinky attitude that needs to be pushed far, far away from me. Well, I've been inspired. We talked about this on the air that my wife really inspired me. This is a thing even in the last few episodes of the podcast, I think this is a thing that I really honed in on that people can be the worst for us. Even the well, most well-intentioned people, they'll just justify, like we said earlier, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so my wife was on the phone with her friend and the friend was talking about a situation uh, where she was venting about yeah. other people in her life. And it would just, I, you know, I was just sitting in the living room and phone was on speaker and I was kind of listening to the situation going, I think my wife's friend is in the wrong. Mm. And I was like, what's Kelsey, my wife, what's she going to say? Because yeah. it's very easy to go, girl, those, they're, they're crazy. You're, you didn't do anything wrong. I got your back. There's just, it's very easy. I do that with my guy friends, my gosh. And Kelsey paused after she was, the friend was done and she goes, my friend, think you're in the wrong and I think you need to just fess up. Mm. And I was like, that's bold and loving. Very. And it was a close enough friend to say that. Yeah. And the friend received it well. And it's just so easy to, we don't want to get in people's way. We don't want to cause a problem. No matter what somebody's venting about. Yeah. Like, I'd be... If somebody was stealing something, well, you know, they probably won't miss it. Like, I mean, it's so right. easy to just say. It's... You should never feel, by the way, if you are like in the position I was in a couple of days ago where that friend lovingly comes alongside and says, I think you're in the wrong on this. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like, oh, gosh, I have to take two steps back now. No, actually, if you recognize that there is truth in what they're sharing with you, that's God's way of saying, come up a little higher. I want you to grow in this. Come up a little higher. And I, I remember uh, in this last year when I was reading the Bible chronologically, I'm going through uh, all of the, uh, the the epistles from Paul. He calls out Peter. Now, you talk mm -hmm. about someone mm -hmm. who has seen stuff. Peter? Yeah. On this rock, I will build my church. Peter? Right. And if Paul is calling out Peter in some passages and Peter is humbled, to listen to his brother in the Lord. I mean, listen, we're in good company when we are growing together and recognizing it's okay. We're not always going to get things right. But what's it's not going to be growth if I get defensive about it. And always... Now, that doesn't mean that every time somebody who is in your church comes up to you and tells you you're wrong, that you should do everything they say. I, I was going to say, when do, how do we determine what's valid and what's not? I mean, I would say pray about it, certainly. Absolutely. But also, I think... How well do they know you? How well are how much are they around you? Sometimes God can put words in people's hearts and people that don't know you. And that's true. That's true. That's true. I think you're absolutely right. What we it kind of goes back to the first thing we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast and just this is always something to take to prayer. Prayer. Um I remember Stephen Curtis Chapman had this song years ago. It's called Let Us Pray. And in the middle of the song it's like breathing out and breathing in. We're constantly in communication with the Holy mm, Spirit, mm -hmm. constantly. God, if there is anything here, I put this before you. Please help me pull diamonds maybe out of the coal, especially if it felt rough. Right. Maybe there's something good in there. And if not, help me toss it aside because, yeah, the enemy would love to use people around you to make you feel weighed down like, oh, you're doing all these things wrong. And that may not be Holy Spirit driven. 
Maybe they're mm. in the wrong and trying to correct you and there's nothing there. So, yeah, it's it's always a testing um, study. Show yourself approved. What does the Bible say about this? Weigh in with the Holy Spirit as much as you can. God, is there anything? Because he is all about telling you that's what he says in his word. I I give liberally wisdom to those who ask me for it. I'm not going to mm. leave you hanging. So you were just talking about humility. At the beginning of this, we were talking about the difference between confidence and pride. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, by the way, it, with the confidence and humility and the pride conversation, this is also why I'm terrible at accepting compliments. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't that good. And, and it's like, no, they received the blessing. Dang it. Yeah. I mean, receive the blessing if somebody's going to give you one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try this game. It might not last that long. I, I don't know. But There's a game? I didn't know I've, about I've, a game. I've invented this game. Oh, great. Just like off the cuff? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. You give me, I really think that all sin stems from pride. Yeah. You give me a sin that you think might not. Oh, no, I agree with you, though. Oh. I'm not going to do good at this game. Oh, darn it. You give me something and I'm going to see, I'm going to see if I can come up with a pride of why it's uh, prideful. Pop-Tarts. Eating too many. Gluttony which means I deserve more than other people. Is that why people are gluttonous? I, well, to be honest with you, I think I don't think that's, I think people are gluttonous because, well, first of all, we're gluttonous if we're Baptists. I can can make that joke. I (laughs) was bad. I grew up Baptist. I can make the joke, but no, seriously, I think it's, um, you're eating out of, Obviously, it can even be a clinical thing, but uh, you're eating out of something else, frustration, frustration. or emptiness of something you're else. You're trying to fill up and, and satisfy somewhere where what else is hurting. So how is yep. that related to pride? Well, I think because it's like if uh, I deserve happiness in some way, and if I can't get it over there, then I'm going to get it over and here. And I'm going to be the one who's in charge of getting it. Yeah. Yeah. That you're in charge. So I'm going to fill up with this. Meeting yeah. meeting with um guys, you know, with... Um, uh, student ministry that I did for a while. Lust is such a big, you mm-hmm. know, common issue. If you ever wonder what the guys are talking about, it's probably our struggles with lust. That's probably what's going on mm-hmm. if you ever wonder in the guy mm-hmm. circle. And I really think, especially if you see your friends dating uh, or you're married, you know, especially mm-hmm. that I deserve a pretty girl myself, or I deserve a woman that would act like this mm-hmm. or, and so all of a sudden you get these thoughts in your head of whether you're staring inappropriately or whether you're just daydreaming about somebody else's spouse because she's really cool. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're trying to be in control and yeah. you deserve this. It's a twisting, you know, the enemy is so good at twisting truth. Yes. So it still kind of sounds a little like truth. It sounds kind of nice. Right. You know, my uh, interestingly, so this devotional thing is is taking words from the Greek and translating them. And I was helping Caleb, my 10 year old, with his history test. It's on about ancient Greek culture. And we were talking about the philosophers, you know, Aristotle and Socrates and Plato. And they were asking these really intense questions about, you know, why is there air or whatever and lovers of wisdom is what philosopher means uh-huh. and Caleb asked me his mommy do you think any of these folks back in those days any of them loved God and I said I hope there were I think it's really awesome that they were asking those kinds of questions what is the purpose of life what is you know these brilliant men so many people say in fact some of the smartest men that have ever lived They're credited to be Socrates in them, but they don't know the God of the universe. They know about, uh, you know, if you 
hop on down to the uh, what is it, the Parthenon or wherever it was that mm-hmm. right. housed the uh, the temples for the gods and the goddesses. They created something that quote looked bigger than themselves. But how did they do it? They made them look just like man, and they were very gluttonous themselves. They indulged in all of the things that the human flesh desired to indulge in. They didn't represent at all who the king of kings actually is. Right. And so it kind of gave them, I think, an excuse to continue to do the behavior they wanted to do. Why? Because it's self-indulgent. And it goes all the way back to the enemy in putting himself on that pedestal and getting himself kicked out of heaven. Pride. Pride got himself kicked out of heaven. And whenever we put something other than God on the pedestal of our lives, we're doing that too. Whenever I am putting God second, pride has stepped in. Yes, because I I was going to say about Socrates is that it's great to ask the questions and give a uh, hypothesis even. But when you start acting and believing, that's when it's scary. When you believe that you know it all, Oh, man. And I can't I was looking. I can't remember if it's a a proverb, if it's even a Bible verse, but a a wise man. It's something to the effect of a wise man is the one who realizes he doesn't know everything. Oh, my gosh. And I I couldn't give you a reference on that or even if it's in the Bible, but it's something to to that effect. A wise man is, you know, somebody who realizes that God is the one who knows everything. Makes me think of that Imagineering documentary with Walt Disney, who when they asked, when will Disneyland be finished? He said. As long as people are using their imagination, I hope it never is. Yeah. And I thought, that's so great. Don't ever limit your potential. Why? Because God is limitless. And so um, I, I don't want to limit, I don't want to put like a lid on my my <laughs> growth on learning who God is. Because if he's limitless, then man, I have really conditioned my thinking small potatoes. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we've never fully arrived. Yeah. We haven't, you know, yeah. and God, that's so good. I, um, I wish I could say, we'll, we'll give you a tease for next week because we have not done this on the air yet, but there is a big announcement regarding this podcast and it never sounding the same yes. forever. It seems like a bold statement. Like that seems pretty final. Talking about not putting a lid on it. You'll understand why. You'll understand why next week here on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Don't forget, hopeondemand.com, Bible reading plan, articles, encouragement. Say goodnight, Rochelle. Goodnight, Rochelle. There you go. 